This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. It is Bet LA, hour two here on uh, 710 ESPN LA. We are going to switch gears. We're going to talk some NFL because there's a lot of storylines out there and majority of them centered around quarterbacks, right? Lamar Jackson, is he going to sign with the Ravens? Is he not? Or are they going to tag him? Uh, keep in mind, there is a regular tag, right? Which quarterbacks in the NFL, typically you tag a quarterback at somewhere around $32 million. There's also an exclusive tag um, that if the Ravens do utilize, it's $45 million for the year, but teams would not have the ability to offer the two first round draft picks uh, and steal Lamar Jackson away. So it's really interesting to see how that's going to unfold for the Ravens. Um, Obviously with the Jets, is it Derek Carr? Is, is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it neither? Neither. Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Only time will tell. Um, and then, of course, the Giants uh, dealing with uh, what to do with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I think they thought that Daniel Jones would agree to something around $35, 37000000 million a year, and then they would be able to tag Saquon Barkley for $10 million. But negotiations, I don't want to say have gone foul, but reports are not good. Daniel's looking for somewhere around $45 million a year, and he switched agencies. Do you think he he's worth left, that, Anita? Do you he think he's worth left, 45? Mm, I don't. No. He left CAA, and now he's with Athletes First. So, um, you know, do I think that he's worth... Here's the thing. I said in the beginning of the season, pick up his fifth-year option. His fifth-year option was $22 million. And, and, and let's just say, hypothetically speaking, let's just say that you know he wasn't um, the end-all, be-all, right? Like he wasn't he, – he, he didn't have the season. I just feel like picking up, picking up that fifth-year option at $22 million to me was that at that price and the opportunity to have him for another season at $22 million to me was worth it. It was worth the gamble. And, and, and another thing is, I just, I believe in, in Daniel Jones. Like, I, like I, I saw the talent there. I saw the potential. And, um, and the Giants didn't do it. So now they're in this pickle. And so now what happens? Do they tag Daniel Jones and sign Saquon? There's a lot of teams out there that want Daniel Jones. If the Giants tag Daniel Jones, do they come in, sweep in, swoop in, get Daniel Jones and leave the Giants with two first round draft picks? This is really, really interesting to see how this is all going to play out. Uh, we're, 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 again, Jordan Renan was kind enough to join me on my Bet Digital show. I'm going to play that interview for you. And Doug Kazarian and I uh, then have a conversation in regard to the Giants and what our our our, our analysis is analysis is on them to potentially maybe win the NFC East. Uh, I don't know, be, be a contender for the Super Bowl. We're going to get into that in just a second, but before we do that, it was really interesting. We were in the break and Brian, our producer asked me, are there any odds out there for the world baseball classic? And there are the Dominican Republic is favored at two to one team USA plus two seventy five. Japan, three to one Venezuela, 11 to one Puerto Rico, 11 to one. Korea 12 to 1, Cuba 20 to 1, 
Mexico, 22 to one, Canada, 50 to one. So um, just to kind of share those odds with you, and Tyler, again, uh, producer of our show, huge baseball fan, uh, said that Puerto Rico's got a sick roster. And then I asked him to share with us who's on Team USA. So Tyler, who is on Team USA? I'm just going to list a few of the names. Tell me if any mm-hmm. jump out at you. Uh, Pete okay. Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado. Mm. Mookie Betts. Whoa. Paul Goldschmidt. Stop. Jeff McNeil. No. JT Realmuto. Shut the front. Kyle Schwarber. Mike Trout. You're pl- Kyle Tucker. <laughs> Trey on, Turner. No Bobby Witt Stop. Jr. Yeah. Oh, no, now you're yeah. kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm going down the list. Not kidding. So why do you think the Dominican, why do you think the Dominican, who's on the Dominican team? Well, give me a second. I'm going to pull up their roster. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just as stacked. Do, no, Puerto Rico is who I said uh, is going to be filthy. Do, do, Hold do, on. Do, I can only work do, as fast do, as this computer do, will let me. Do, 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 do. So why, like, USA is, why do you think uh, the, the Dominican is, is favored then? Because Team USA sounds pretty good. Oh, maybe it is the Dominican. The Dominican Republic has um, J-Rod and those guys, right? Julio yes. Rodriguez? Yeah. Yeah, that's why they're favored. I'll tell you why right now. I think Vladdy mm-hmm. Jr. Ooh. Well, they yeah, they've just got all of the young, like, we spent all of last season watching these young studs just blow up the major leagues. And mm-hmm. now they're all, yeah. Juan Soto, Manny Machado, uh, Julio Rodriguez, um, Vladdy Jr. Let's see some other names on this roster. Sandy Alcantara, be- Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara. Um, when does this, when does all this take place? When like when does this start? What what are the dates? Um, start dates. Let's take a peek. Tuesday, March seventh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So eight p.m. Yeah. Tuesday, March seventh. I think that's the following day where it begins. And then it ends on the 21st. So it's basically its own little March Madness, mm-hmm. the World Baseball Classic. But yeah, the Dominican, back to the Dominican Republic roster. Uh, uh, further names, Johnny Cueto, eh, whatever. Christian Javier of the Houston Astros, who had an amazing mm-hmm. season last season. Uh, you've got um, Willie Adames from the Brewers. You've got Robbie Cano, who's a little washed, but still can ball. Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Vladdy Jr., I said. Uh, Gene Segura is on the team. Teoscar Hernandez, who's got a new home in Seattle, but still is an, an, a phenomenal outfielder. Eloy Jimenez for the Chicago White Sox, who is still very much in his prime. Uh, Juan Soto, another name I already mentioned. Nelson Cruz. Like These teams are so deep and they're so heavily saturated with players from Major League Baseball that you'd be a fool to not tune in. So again, the Dominican Republic favored two to one. Team USA plus two seventy five. Interesting, good stuff, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Like I said, we're going to switch gears here. We're going to talk some NFL. Jordan Renan, who works for ESPN, covers the Giants, joined me and Doug Kazarian uh, to give us uh, some insight on what's going on with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. To me, they're a package deal. I think you've got to bring back both. If you bring back one, I just don't think the Giants are going to really pick up where be able to pick up where they left off let's listen in jordan renan with the latest let's switch to the gridiron and even though and let's keep it in new york jordan renan is joining us he does a phenomenal job covering uh the uh the new york football giants 
And some big news that has come out in the last 24 hours, and that is Daniel Jones has now switched agencies. He's gone from CAA, right, to athletes first. Now, the big talk, obviously, this offseason is the Giants trying to recoup and get back Daniel Jones as well as Saquon Barkley. Aaron, what can you tell us uh, about all that has transpired in the last 24 hours? What does this mean for Daniel Jones? What does this mean for Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I mean, look, Daniel Jones is 25 years old. He's a free agent. The Giants turned down his fifth-year option, right? They declined it entering this season, right, uh, prior to this past season when he had the best year of his career. So now uh, you're talking about Daniel Jones trying to make the most of his free agency. He wants to get something done. He wants to remain in New York. The Giants are going to bring him back. Joe Shane has basically already said that. They want to bring him back. They're going to bring him back. The question is right now is only whether it's the franchise tag, $32.4 million, or a long-term deal. So obviously, it's definitely something when he changes agents right at this point. I mean, we're talking about right on the verge of hitting free agency or being slapped with the franchise tag. It means something for Daniel Jones. How much it's going to affect the equation, we don't really know. But it is definitely meaningful that he decided to switch uh, agencies right at this point uh you know heading into this news uh, a lot of the speculation was that they were going to sign daniel jones to i don't know anywhere between 35 to 40 million dollars a year and tag saquon barkley if that's not the case and they're forced uh, and they're forced to have to tag daniel jones what does that mean for saquon barkley to saquon barkley now get a get a long-term deal with the giants how do you see this this uh snowball effect playing out yeah, I do see the two playing off each other, and I wrote about it in a story last week. Saquon Barkley loses his leverage the second that that the, the Giants. Sorry, Saquon Barkley has leverage until the Giants have that franchise tag to use on him, right? Because you're talking about ten point one million dollars. That's a much nicer deal, one year, no long-term commitment on a running back than the Giants already offered him. They already offered him somewhere between twelve and thirteen million dollars season so those two equations definitely come into into the situation here when you're talking about Saquon and Daniel Jones and they sort of play off each other Daniel Jones right if the Giants can get a deal done with him earlier then they have that franchise tag to use on Saquon Barkley if it's a much more difficult negotiation than it's than than it seems it's going to be and like he just look he just hired a new agency uh that seems to indicate look there is a significant gap this could be something that could drag on the deadline for the franchise tag is march 7th if the giants have to use that tag all of a sudden on daniel jones the likelihood that saquon barkley then walks or at least tests the market is significantly greater and i've spoken to people about this you know the giants are much more likely to let their running back walk than their quarterback like i said before Daniel Jones is going to be back. We do not know that about Saquon Barkley. Now, the likelihood that Saquon Barkley returns if Daniel Jones signs a long-term deal before that March 7th window closes is much, much higher. It will be interesting interesting to see how this all plays out. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Doug, let's talk about this, right? Giants, Super Bowl contenders. Uh, if they do bring back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, do you feel that they could compete for a Super Bowl this next season? 
No, they're not quite there. They certainly overachieved this past season, and that's why Brian Dable won Coach of the Year, and rightfully so. This is not a championship-quality roster. Now, the division was better than we thought, and they still won nine games, and I think they deserve a bunch of credit. Their win total was seven, so it wasn't like they overachieved like no other. It wasn't from like five to nine, but they were still only a nine-win team, and I think that's their ceiling for the near future. I, I do agree that Saquon makes him better. I'm actually a believer in Daniel Jones, having seen him under Dable versus previous regimes. But the bar is set a little higher in the NFC, although the conference will be down across the board with the departure of Tom Brady and potentially the departure of Aaron Rodgers. But the class of the division is still the Eagles and Cowboys. Dallas couldn't make a run like we saw Philly last year if the Eagles offseason and the salary cap and all those problems sort of uh, come to fruition like we think they might. But I, the, the Giants are still a couple notches below. See, I disagree. If the Giants can work out a deal and bring back in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, I do believe that there is a scenario where they potentially could be that team in the NFC that nobody wants to play, right? I mean, listen, 9-7-1 nine, nine, last year. Brian Dable won Coach of the Year. Uh, their hands were tied because of Dave Gettleman and players that they had to let go. They're heading into this season in a much better situation, Doug, than they have in years past. They've got the third most cap space available, a little over $58 million. They've got nine draft picks. Four of them are in the first first three rounds. I do believe Leo Williams takes a hometown discount because he does love playing for this organization. It'll be really interesting to see if they trade for T. Higgins. Uh, As we know, if they do bring back Daniel Jones, he needs better weapons to work with. So just watch out. I know it sounds like I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid, but watch out for these Giants. Some other big news happening here in New York, and that's Derek Carr. He visited the Jets this weekend. Wine and dining, right? Uh, So my question to you is, are the Jets a playoff team with, with, with Derek Carr, or do you feel that they should wait until Aaron Rodgers comes out of his dark room? So Carr would be an upgrade over what they had last year. Now, I'm not a Derek Carr backer, and as a Raider fan, I've been pulling for him or the team to get move on from him because I don't think his ceiling is high enough. But they did surprise me a couple years ago. He had a nice run into the postseason. Now they came up short against Cincy in their first playoff game. But it, it could work with Carr enough for them to get to the playoffs. I just think the division and the conference is loaded. So, yes, the Jets were a real quarterback away from going to the playoffs. And if things go right again this coming season in terms of the defense and other things break their way, but their division is loaded. And the AFC is stacked as well. Other teams are improving this offseason. Teams like Denver are sort of in that class with the Jets. So I would say no, but I understand their quality of play. Like, they would definitely be a playoff team if they existed in the NFC. So I, I do believe the Jets are a playoff team. I think I think who, whomever, whether it's Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever quarterback they sign, I do believe that this is a Jets roster that can compete and contend to try to win the AFC East let alone make some noise in the postseason. As to what quarterback I favor, for me, it's Derek Carr. I talked about it on my radio show um, extensively this weekend here in New York for a number of reasons. Derek Carr is a free agent, so the Jets don't have to give up any draft picks to get them, get him like they would have to with Green Bay if they wanted to uh, acquire Aaron Rodgers. Also, Derek Carr, since he's a free agent, it's a clean slate, right? It's a clean canvas in regard to what the Jets can negotiate in regard to a salary. 
Uh, if the Jets were to bring in Aaron Rodgers, they would have to eat the salary that the, that the, the um, Green Bay Packers have already agreed to with Aaron Rodgers. On top of that, Carr is in his early 30s. I think Aaron Rodgers is at the, the tailspin of his career where, you know, what do you get one year to go for it uh, for the Jets as opposed to Carr, who more than likely would sign a three to five year deal with the Jets and, and be here and give them some longevity. And last but not least, Carr wants to get a deal done by March 15th because he wants those free agent players who are going to be available to know, like, I'm the quarterback, I'm on this team, and help the organization lure in some players where Aaron Rodgers is in some dark room somewhere, doing God knows what, contemplating whether or not he wants to play at all. So for me, I think Derek Carr is the better fit. I truly do believe that Derek Carr is the better fit. Again, uh, Jordan Renan and Doug Kazarian joining me on bet uh, for all those reasons I said. And, and d- doesn't it say something that Derek Carr is out there meeting with teams, wanting to sign with a team before free agency begins, uh, being committed, uh, where Aaron is in some dark room somewhere, like contemplating whether or not he even wants to play football anymore. I just I think it's a no-brainer. When we get back, we'll talk about the Ravens as well. Are they AFC Super Bowl contenders with Lamar Jackson? Um, and also the Broncos with a new head coach in Sean Payton, potentially Rex Ryan as their defensive coordinator. Uh, will they make the playoffs next year? We'll dive into both those questions next uh, right here on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. That's right. Anita Marks. It is Ben L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. Talking all things NFL. It is king. Even though there are no games to be played, uh, we are uh, on the verge of free agency. A lot of news, a lot of stories out there, and you could gamble on them all, uh, as well as we getting ready for the NFL draft, which, by the way, just uh, note to self, uh, huge NFL draft geek. That is me. Uh, I am... I love it. I love like I like I pretty much and then the night of the draft, I bet everything. <laughs> how many quarterbacks are taken in the first round? How many wide receivers? How many offensive linemen? Who's the first wide receiver gone? Who's the first offensive lineman gone? Um I just I love 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 the NFL draft. I have such a fun fun night. Um so and and I will bring all those picks and all that analysis your way as we get closer to April. You can count on that. Um, but two more topics I want to talk about before we move on. We're going to get you ready for the Honda Classic. Uh, they tee off tomorrow. So uh, Keith Stewart is going to be joining me in about 10 minutes. So stay tuned for that. But let's talk about the Ravens, right? So what's the deal with Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson wants to get paid and he wants the guaranteed money of what what uh, Deshaun Watson got from, um, and I'm looking for the paper because I want to share this with you, what Deshaun Watson got from the Cleveland Browns. Guys, I- I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Hold on one second. I know I have it on my computer. I-, I-, I have to share this with you because I read it and I was just like, no, that can't be right. And then I looked, I looked into it. You're talking it and about like, his oh, deal with them? Yeah. Five years, oh $230 million? No, but here, so, so get this. And it's, it's all guaranteed. Deshaun Watson's cap hit 
is $55 million. Just marinate in that for a minute. Deshaun Watson's cap hit is $55 million. Never before has an NFL player's cap hit exceeded $39 million. And that all changes this year with Deshaun Watson, 2023, the largest of any NFL player in history. So, um, it's, it's, it's just, and what, what did he do last year? That is such an ugly contract. Did he, did did Cleveland offer him Do you really feel, do you really, do you really feel that Deshaun Watson is worth 50 $55 $55 million to your cap? There's something about really? the Cleveland Browns that they just love uh, like mediocre players. I don't know what it is. They just I, I they think, just attract mediocrity. I think I think the ownership falls in love with with certain players and will do anything and everything they can um to 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 sign them. But Anyway, my point being is that Lamar wants Lamar wants to be paid like Deshaun Watson and Steve Bashotti, owner of the Ravens, not having it. It's not what they do. It's not how they operate. They don't operate like the Cleveland Browns do. So what can the Ravens do to make sure that they don't lose Lamar Jackson? Uh, well, they could tag him, right? If they do tag him with a regular tag at $32 million a year, a team could swoop in offer the Ravens two first round draft picks and, and take Lamar Jackson, or they can tag him with an exclusive tag. They have to pay him $45 million for the season. Still not as much, still not as much as Deshaun Watson, but still, and, uh, and continue to try to work out a deal. So there's that. Listen, they just hired Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator They've got the ninth most cap space in the NFL. They have five picks. I do believe that they're going to focus on a wide receiver, whether it's in free agency or the draft or both. I do like this Ravens team. I do believe that they work out a deal with Lamar Jackson. Here's another problem with Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have an agent. His, his mother is repping him mm. or guiding him. You know, so it gets personal. It gets personal. So, so there's that again, um, I worked in Baltimore. I know the organization. I, I, I just, I truly believe that they're, here's another thing. As much as the Ravens don't want to lose Lamar Jackson, I just don't think Lamar Jackson would be as good anywhere else. Do you think he's worth Raven, two first round picks though? I'm sure, I'm sure there's a team out there that would give up two first round picks for Lamar Jackson. I absolutely believe there would be. Uh, quarterback play in the NFL sucks. It's so bad. It's it's hard it's hard to find 15 quarterbacks. There's 32 teams. It's hard to to find 15 quarterbacks that you can say, "You know what? I could win a Super Bowl with this dude." Yeah, that's very it's true. It's hard to find it's it's fi- hard to find 15. So yeah, I do believe that there'd be a team out there that would give up two first-round draft picks to swoop in and steal Lamar Jackson away from the Ravens. Last but not least, before we take a break, because again, we're, we're going to switch gears here. Uh, Keith Stewart is going to join me. We're, we're going to talk some golf, get you ready for the Honda Classic. Um, the Broncos, of course, uh, they they sign Sean Payton. They tra- had to trade for him. They sign him. 
He's trying to get Rex Ryan to come over to be the defensive coordinator. He already hired my dear friend Mike Westoff as the assistant head coach. Um, be Watch out. Watch out for this Broncos team. I truly believe that Russell Wilson struggled because of Nathaniel Hackett, and also he was sacked 55 times, most sacks of any quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, they need some offensive line help. I think they'll get it. Um, their defense is elite. You add Rex Ryan to that mix. Watch, it's just, that's, that's a really good coaching staff. Sean Payton, Rex Ryan, Mike Westoff. It's a really good coaching staff. I'm not saying that the Denver Broncos are going to win the division. It's not what I'm saying. But watch out. I think they'll have a really good shot of making it as a wild card and potentially making some noise in the postseason. So uh, that would be another futures bet that I would put some money on. All right. uh, Golf season is in full effect. It is no longer on the West Coast. It is now on the East Coast, and it's making its Florida swing. Uh, The Honda Classic is first up. We come back. Keith Stewart will join me. We'll break it down. We'll give you some picks, some plays, getting you ready for tomorrow. Next, here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now, more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Keith Stewart is joining us now, PGA professional, creator of Read the Line, also hosts a weekly radio show on ESPN in New Jersey, and the pro show with Keith Stewart, Bet Online, T to Green. Uh, he does it all, and he is in Florida. He is at the Honda Classic, PGA National, joining us now here on Bet LA. First things first, let's let's dive into how much handicapping or how much the the fact that this tour now they just got done with the Cali tour the West Coast tour now they're in Florida now they call this the Florida swing uh, different climate di- different atmosphere different greens different everything I pay so much attention to guys who for example you know born and raised in California or went to school out west compared to like now we're in the Florida swing. Guys who were born and raised in Florida or went to school in or around Florida, Texas, Georgia. It just, it, it's such a big part of my handicapping. Is it yours as well? Anita, it's a huge factor, quite honestly. I mean, you have to start when you approach each week figuring out the puzzle of who's going to win uh, by looking at the golf course first. Who was the architect? Is it somebody that they're familiar with? Um, architects back in the day used to be terribly regional. You know, you look at George Thomas, who did all the work in L.A. that we saw at Riviera last week, right? He was from Philly, but he did all his work out there on the West Coast. And similar to down here, you have Jack Nicholas that we're going to see this week here at the Champion Course and the Bear Trap and all of that down here in West Palm and all the work that he did down here. And then, of course, second to that is the agronomy. You know, we putted on Polo for the last couple of weeks, and then now we're back on that weed that they call Bermuda grass that survives mm-hmm. in the heat and humidity down here. And if you grow up in those areas and you're familiar with those designers, with those architects, and with that grass, then it's a huge advantage and part of what creates horses for courses. Yeah, uh, really, really. Un- it's, 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 it's such a huge factor. I, and, and, and again, like I am so far from a professional, obviously. Uh, but for me, you know, now I've, I've lived up here in the Northeast for, you know, a, a good 15 years when I go back home and I, so I play a lot of golf, you know, during, during the, the summer, I, I tee it up like three, four times a week. 
Um, but when I go back home and I play golf in Florida, it's just, I mean, just everything is so like my, I, I just, I feel like my balls teed up even on the fairway, you know, playing on, it's just, it's just a different, just a much, much different style. Uh, this course, PGA National, you're there. In fact, you're there right now, which is awesome. Um, covering this event. Um, you know, it's, it's a course, it's not a links course, but typically guys who play well, play well on links courses do well here because the wind becomes a factor. And I think it's really important. I was, I was looking at, at, at some of the weather patterns heading into uh, the start of the tournament. And like for, so for example, like on Thursday morning, not a lot of wind, but in the afternoon, wind gusts are supposed to get up to 15, 17 miles an hour. So in that case, you know, do you, you favor some of the guys who tee off in the morning on Thursday? So how, like, you know, explain the course. What are some of the metrics that you're looking at here at PJ National? If we're just looking at first round leaders, it's always healthy to take the morning guys. And the number one reason for that are the putting greens. Every great tournament player wants to play early because they want the greens to be as smooth as possible. By the time you get to the afternoon, yes, the wind kicks in, or there may be weather, there may be delays, but for the most part, they want fresh putting greens because they know they can make more putts. The weather looks like it's going to be very typical of what we see at a Honda. Uh, The wind is going to come out of the south, which means the bear trap, thankfully, is going to play with the wind, which will help those guys. It won't be a huge crosswind, but, you know, Anita, we're six miles from the Atlantic Ocean. So there's not really a big place that you can hide. And what most people don't know about PGA Resort and Spa is that there's five other golf courses here. So it's a huge open piece of property. And being so close to the coastline, it, it, it certainly allows for the wind to pick up and, and definitely the afternoons become way more challenging than the mornings if it's going to be a typical southeast Florida day. So with that being said, you know, some of the metrics that I was I, I, I've been looking at in, in handicapping who I think is going to win the Honda Classic this week, um, strokes gained T to green, I felt was a really important metric. Scrambling, I think, is going to be an important metric because of how the winds are, are going to come into play. Um, also, pi, par five scoring. Those were some of the metrics that I, I, I took a look at, as well as those who putt well on Bermuda as opposed to any other um, so what are some of the metrics that you're looking at? Is, is, is t- to me, T green is the most important metric I'm looking at coming into this tournament. I'm going to go a little more specific than that. I'm going to go with strokes gained approach. Uh, the buckets that we're really looking at for this week, uh, nearly 50% of the approach shots are going to come between 150 and 200. So this is another one of those mid-iron golf courses where you really need to be able to flight the golf ball into the greens. The wind, the water, the sand, you know, we have 60 bunkers here on the property. It it seems like if there's not a greenside bunker, then there's a greenside lake. And there's all sorts of treachery around there, so I'm totally with you on around the green um, and scrambling. As it turns out, over the last decade, the 10 winners have averaged strokes gained approach about 6.4 strokes gained against the field. And the second most um, relevant category or most – vital category it wasn't off the tee and it wasn't putting it was around the green and they're gaining over three strokes there when you look at those 10 winners and that tells you that guys they're having trouble hitting the greens even though they are great players and you know i I think 60 percent of the time they hit greens here in regulation which is six percent lower than pga tour average so they're gonna they're gonna be chipping and putting And, and if you look at the past champions they are guys that have had the ability hit the ball really well, flight it, play well on Bermuda, have, they have Bermuda history, 
And, and certainly I love guys that scramble. And, and therefore, I think one of the big favorites, especially in this field and the strength that it's at, is Matt Kuchar because for about the 12, last 12 months, he lead the PGA Tour in scrambling and in short strokes gained around the green. Um, all right. So with that being said, looking at this field, unfortunately, only three of the top 25 players in the world are, are teeing it up. Right. So you've got the haves and the have nots. There's not a lot of uh, like, you know, middle class citizens when it, when it comes when it comes to golf. A big reason why live L.I.V., which, by the way, uh, their first tournament is this weekend. So Sunjay M to me comes into this as the the the, the course horse. Right. Like ninth in strokes gained tee to green, fifth scrambling, first in bogey avoidance. Top 10 in par 5 scoring. He's won here before. He's played well at Phoenix. He played, played well at the Farmers. Um, it's just, he to me, he checks all the boxes. Do you feel he, he is the one that should be favored coming in? He's definitely the one that should be favored, but I'm not sure being favored or strength of field matters here. I think if we had 10 guys in the top 15 in the world, I'm not sure that they would win. If you look at the last five years, for example, the average winning odds are over 100 to 1, Anita. So it, it, this is a place where because of how difficult the golf course is and how the conditions can change so much being near the Atlantic Ocean day to day, that if you catch the right wave and you're playing well, a couple of years ago, Matt Jones, a couple of years before that, uh, Keith Mitchell, you know, yes, we had JT and your boy Ricky Fowler here in 2017, mm-hmm. one of his great wins, Anita. You know, I know you love a good Ricky mention, but, you I know, do. I mean, Patrick Harrington winning here, Michael Thompson winning here in the last decade. So overall, when you look at that, uh, I, I don't know that the strength of field matters as much as guys that are in good form. I would be very wary of somebody who's trying to find their game, like a Billy Horschel this week. Sung J.M. is not. Sung J.M. is definitely going to be on a lot of cards. And I saw the, uh, the BetMGM numbers, and he's their number one liability right now. Yeah. Uh, so Keith Stewart, of course, joining us here on ESPN, talking all things Honda Classic. This is the golf tournament. We're teeing it up uh, this coming weekend, hopefully trying to help people win some money. Uh, so so with that being said, who who is your favorite? Who who are you putting money? Who do you feel is going to win this whole, whole thing come Sunday afternoon? I'm going to go a little bit further down the board. I, I think there's some good value in the threes, and I love a guy like Chris Kirk. He started the year off with a third place and a third place. He tasted contention, and this is a golf course where he's had some good history. And I also like Kuchar. He won here years ago. It was not at PGA National, but he's a good Bermuda guy, Georgia Tech guy, Southeast guy, and the scrambling, I think, is going to be a factor. Um, Don't believe what you read online about the weather. It is blowing today. I don't know if you could hear it in the background, but the palm leaves – up there at the top of the trees, they're definitely blowing. And I can hear them very loud, almost as loud as you. Um, further down the board, you know, Vegas, baby. Johnny Vegas. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Even just as a placement, Anita, throw him on your board or maybe low South American. There's not a lot of people that f- for him to compete with there. But he's made six cuts here in a row. He's made nine of ten. He's played well lately. Uh, he When it gets to really hard golf courses, like last year at Potomac at the Wells Fargo, he drives the ball really well, and that is a huge advantage when he's coming in with a wedge versus somebody with an 8-iron. And I, I kind of like Johnny Vegas this week, and he sits in those threes as well. So, there, so there's three good names and a decent amount of value. 
So I'm going to tee up for you, no pun intended, uh, some of my plays, and you tell me uh, you like, you don't like, uh, what you like about it, whatnot. Uh, I am going with Sanjay M. I, I know 10 to 1, not the best odds, but, you know, I just, I feel he is the best golfer in, in a very weak field. He's won here before, uh, one of the best ball strikers out there. His game is on point. And, and like I said, some of the metrics that I'm paying attention to coming in. Svensson is another guy that I like to finish in the top 20 at plus 140. I'm also going to play him to finish in the top 10. But I, I think, you know, for I, I just I truly believe he will finish in the top 20 was ninth here last year, uh, finished in the top 20 last week, was second in strokes gained um, tee to green at Riviera, uh, has won on Bermuda before the RSM Classic. So I've got him finishing in the top 20. I'll stop right there before I continue uh, your 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 thoughts on Spenson. Spenson, for sure. I mean, that was a coastal golf course up there at Sea Island. He handled the wind. He handled the Bermuda grass. The only concern I have with Spenson, I love the placements on him. To get that outright, you have to be able to differentiate yourself. And we've already, not to be redundant, but you got to be better around the green. And he's not the greatest scrambler. He's, he's below average in this field. So if you look at the 144 players in this field, he's ranked 77th in scrambling. So overall, I would need him to either pop in that this week or – um, we would need to find some of that RSM magic. Now, Sung J.M. can't say anything. Uh, we don't like the outright number, but there's going to be a lot of combinations where I take him in play, head-to-head matchups. Um, I certainly want to see him play his first nine holes yesterday and just see if he's in, like, super Sung J mode, and then we're just going to go from there, and, and we're going to ride Sung J as much as we can. Um, I, you know, maybe he has a bad first 10 or 11 holes and that number jumps from a thousand to 3000 and then we jump on it, Anita, and then we just hit it as hard as we can. And, and we clean up this weekend. I like it. First round leader, Will Gordon, you could get him at 60 to one. I also have him first round matchup over Buckley finished top, t- top 40 two years ago, shot a 67 in that first round when he did finish in the top 40. He's a good first round leader this season. Two of his his four starts, he ended up at the top of the leaderboard, shot a 66 and a 62. If first round, in nine of his last 10 rounds, he shoots in the 60s in his first round. So just a guy who, who, who gets off the board and gets, gets, gets hot, and he is one of those guys we were talking about earlier. He is one of those guys who uh, is teeing off on, on, in the early morning on Thursday. Thoughts on Will Gordon? Oh, Flash Gordon, he's definitely one of those guys that you got to love on a Thursday. Uh, I don't know if he has the staying power for 72 holes, but I love where your brain is at there. He's, he's also another candidate, though, for if he does start to miss a couple of greens, bogey avoidance, he's ranked 101st in the field, scrambling, he's ranked 127th. I mean, there's only 144 players. So, But if he's hitting greens, which he tends to do, especially on a Thursday, um, he can definitely get it going. And... Uh, I, I certainly I can't argue against that. He and Buckley, they both struggle around the green, and they're both great ball strikers. Buckley a little bit better driver of the golf ball, and Gordon has a little bit better um, first-round leader statistics. There's no doubt about that. And last but not least, you talked about Johnny Vegas. I like him over Harris English at minus 140 for the tournament. Two top 25s his last three starts. Played well uh, the first two days at Riviera. Uh, lots of experience here. He's played this course 10 times. Meanwhile, this is really interesting. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. English, 
uh, he putted out of his mind last week, but he lost strokes tee to green. And so I, if, if his putter, and you know putters can be hot and cold, if his putter is not as hot as it was at Riviera, uh, you know, I, I just I, I think he's going to struggle here. So I've got Vegas over English at minus 140 for the tournament. Absolutely. I'm 100% behind that. Um, yeah, Harris Harris gained uh, almost nine shots against the field putting last week, and he only gained uh, eight shots total. So that tells you what the rest of his week was like. I, I went out because I wanted to outright Johnny Vegas. I love him this week, and I was going to put him in a bunch of props as well. And I went and looked at him on the range this morning, that brilliant orange stitch bag, so cool. Johnny <laughs> Vegas, he just pounds it. Um, Anita, he looks good. He looks solid. I would feel good about that one. Here's a fun one for you that I found, right? Ben Griffin over Cam Davis, right? It was on DraftKings. And you can get positive money on Ben Griffin. Ben Griffin, good on Bermuda grass. He was great in Bermuda. Should have won out there, right? Good in the wind, good iron player. Cam Davis can't, I mean, his strokes gain needs a tourniquet. It is red everywhere, okay? And he is not playing well. He's missed three cuts in a row. And I've seen him hit the golf ball out in, out in uh, Genesis last week, and it's not, it's not, it's not good. So I think anywhere, you know, um, you know, wolves need to hunt, right, Anita? We need to go out. We're betters, and we're looking for angles, and we're looking for sharp. This is why I travel from tournament to tournament. I'm watching Cam Davis, and he's working, and I'm watching Ben Griffin, and it's working. And if you what know are, what, what I mean, the, the difference between working? Yep. Uh, go ahead. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. What are the odds on Ben Griffin again? What are they? He's plus 100 over Cam Davis for the tournament. Love it. Love it. That's even better than minus 140. Uh, Keith, you rock. Always great having you on. Keith Stewart joining me, PGA professional, creator of Read the Line, also host a weekly radio show on ESPN 920 AM in New Jersey, the pro show with Keith Stewart, uh, and also uh, co-host of Bet Online's Tee to Green weekly golf betting show. So he does it all, and he travels and uh, and just great to have you on as somebody who's who's there at the tournament. So we so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Anita, I'll be at Bay Hill next week. Give me a shout. Love doing this with you. You are the best. Always on the mark. You rock, my friend. Enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoy the next four days. I definitely will. Keep in touch. All right. I want to thank uh, Keith Stewart for joining us here on 710 ESPN LA, getting you ready for the Honda Classic tea times tomorrow, of course, bright and early. Still a lot more coming your way. Uh, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Again, the Honda Classic uh, teeing up uh, tomorrow morning, bright and early. Again, Sun J.M., the course horse, uh, better than, than most. Only uh, three of the top 25 players in the world will be teeing it up at the Honda Classic, unfortunately. Also, by the way, the Live Tournament uh, takes place this weekend in Mexico, not a lot of places that you can wager on live if you can. The Aces team, which uh, is Dustin Johnson's, uh, with Patrick Reed, uh, Gooch, and Pat Perez, uh, is the way that I would roll. Pat Perez actually has won on that course in Mexico. Don't forget, you've got three days, 48 golfers, four different teams. Uh, DJ's team is Aces. 
and that's where my money would flow. Again, not a lot of places uh, you can find that you could you could wager on live. Just FYI. Also, looking ahead to the Masters, John Rahm, absolutely unbelievable this season. Um, let's be honest, he's just first in scoring average, birdie average, strokes gained total, greens in regulation. His putter has been hotter now than it it ever has. In in his last nine starts, he's won five. Marinating that for for a minute, he's won five of his last nine starts. Unbelievable, favored to win the Masters right now at six to one. Six to one. By the way, Tiger Woods fifty five to one to win the Masters. No action there for me. I, you know, I was excited that he made the cut at Riviera. I'm sure folks in LA were excited about it as well. You head out there, of course. Tiger's teeing it up. Always always fun. Makes it a great tournament. But just a, a very a, very inconsistent. And, and a lot of it has to do with his tea times. If he tees off in the morning, if it's cold, his body doesn't feel great. 69, 74, 67, 73. Uh, those numbers not going to do it for you in tournaments. Got to be really consistent. And I think uh, just, again, morning tea times, cold weather, Tiger's body, uh, just not, not responding like he used to for a variety of reasons that, uh, of course, we're all well aware so anyway, uh, again, I, I wanted to thank uh, Keith Stewart, who uh, stopped by to get us ready for the Honda Classic. Quick break. We kick off hour number three, and we are getting you ready for the XFL. No NFL to worry. Still have four football games that are going to be played tomorrow night, Saturday, two on Sunday, and you could wager on them. And we're getting you ready. So stay tuned. Uh, we come back. We'll dive into that next right here on 710 ESPN LA.